numero two dose tonight, six o'clock at the TD Garden. Your Milwaukee Bucks looking to go up two to nothing on the Boston Celtics. Rowdy, we were having a conversation. By the way, good morning. How's uh, how's the the wet and rainy drive in for you, dude? Yeah, still waiting for that sun and, <laughs> and closer to summer weather. I know. It's like what the hell? I don't think we're gonna get it this week. I don't think we are either. It's it's as this continues to just keep you know. Rain after rain here, the more I just get more pissed and pissed as, uh, let's see here, Monday, there's a, I guess tomorrow there's a little break in the clouds, but Monday is when it finally starts to turn the corner and I see next Tuesday, 82 degrees. Damn. But tonight the Bucks going to be turning up the heat. Brewers turning up the heat, but more specifically the Milwaukee Bucks. They're at Boston to take on the Celtics and Rowdy and I were in, uh, after the show yesterday, uh, we were chilling in our office, and I'd say around like 10, 15. Once in a while, there's a, a certain individual who comes up, and he likes to, and I love when he comes up and we share conversations about sports and gambling and what we're doing over the weekend and, you know, if our hangovers are still around, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but after all the, uh, the pleasantries exchanged, it kind of got into a little sports chatter. And the question was, and I want to get it right out away for a, um, a Twitter poll. Do you believe the Milwaukee Bucks can win an NBA championship without Chris Middleton? Now, the reason why we bring this up, Middleton probably not going to be back for this series against the Boston Celtics. We don't even know if he'll be back for the conference finals. We are not sure on this because Middleton, uh, what, it was what, two, was it last Thursday or two Thursdays ago, Rowdy? Uh, The news came out that he would be out for the Celtics series and could be out longer. So we were talking do you believe the Milwaukee Bucks could win a championship without Chris Middleton? And Rowdy, we both looked at each other immediately after we were asked the question, and I did say we'd do a Twitter poll. We looked at each other, and we both said what? Yes. yes. And then right <laughs> after that, what did I follow it up with? I'm not a Middleton guy. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy, not a Middleton guy. I'm more of a Middleton guy than Rowdy is, but Chris Middleton obviously is good for the Milwaukee Bucks. Hell, he's the number two. Uh they won a championship with Chris Middleton last year. He was one of the reasons why I would give it to majority Giannis Antetokounmpo, but Chris Middleton was one of the reasons why he had some clutch games, other games you love scratching your head. And then there's some other games in between where he's just, you know, a, a contributor to the Giannis show and the Milwaukee bucks. So the question is, do you believe the bucks can win without Chris Middleton? Like I, get I, both their, say yes. I get their one and two for a reason. Obviously, obviously, Giannis is one and and Middleton is two when everybody's healthy on this team. But how many times can you remember Chris Middleton being out in the, the postseason and Giannis still Giannis and the Bucks still getting it done. But but how many times can you flip that on its head and say, yeah, when Giannis has been out, Chris Middleton and the Bucks definitely got it done. (sighs) I know there's times where you're thinking of like, well, Giannis wasn't playing or so-and-so wasn't playing. Did Chris Middleton really step up? And get it there. I know there's a couple of games I can't remember specifically, but I know there's a few games where Middleton did do it. Uh, the the Bucks went seven and nine in games Chris Middleton missed in the regular season. Well, when when did Giannis last year hyperextend his knee? That was here, I'll just was that the I can't remember if that was the in the Nets series or if that was in the Hawks series. Uh, Giannis left. Let's see here. I have the video right here. Giannis left Rowdy in the game four of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks. Okay, and that was a team that was lucky to be there. Yes. as in the Hawks. Like yes, look yeah, at where yes. they look at where they finished this year. 
Yeah, it's bad. I mean, they're in the playoffs still, but yes. Very disappointing season for the Hawks this this year, especially after you know, hoping they could do something following up an Eastern Conference Finals run when they started to put that young roster together. But their def- their defense is horrible. Yes. So, yeah, the Hawks are whatever. And then let's see here. Uh, in Game 5, so Giannis, that was Game 4. Uh, is that what I said, right? Game 4, yeah. Giannis leaves in Game 4. Then Game 5 against the Hawks. Um, no Giannis. Chris Middleton does go off for 26 points in 45 minutes. But it was Brooke Lopez, the star of the show, who had 33 points in 38 minutes. Drew Holiday also contributed 25. Bobby Portis, 22 in game number five for uh, without Giannis Adenokounmpo against the Atlanta Hawks last year. Uh, but I, th- So there are a few games where Chris Middleton did indeed step up. But here's the thing. So did a bunch of other guys. Like the Bobby Portis, as I just said, like the Brooke Lopez's, like the Drew Holidays. And hell, we saw Giannis Adenokounmpo get his, what, second career playoff triple double Sunday against the Boston Celtics, who were tabbed as the best team top to bottom in the NBA. Giannis goes out and does it. Drew Holiday led the way uh, with the team high of points. Where do you have 25 or 26? You had Grayson Allen hitting shots. You had, you know, Pat, Panet, uh, Planet Pat, Pat Connaughton hitting shots. Obviously, the Bucks are. A, like you would want Chris Middleton on the court. The question is though, it's not are they better without Chris Middleton. The question is can they win a championship without Chris Middleton? I'll put the Twitter poll uh coming up here. But uh something that uh we were having some musings cuz I think I don't know Rowdy, what do you think the vibe is on Chris Middleton? Is there more of a is there more of a faction of people that say, "You know what? I'm a Chris Middleton guy?" Or is there more of a faction be like Chris Middleton? Meh. I think that could be a second poll question. I agree. Let's do double polls today. I'll put it up when the commercial break comes up. I feel like that one's actually, I think that they're poll questions for a reason. I think they're both good questions, but I'm actually kind of curious to see how many people are on my side with this Chris Middleton thing. I'm, I'm curious as well. Cause I, listen, they won a championship last year. I mean, you can't take that away from anything they did. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, undergoing that MRI, he's got the sprain MCL going to be out for the foreseeable future. So was the in, let's see here. I'm reading here in 84 games total. I'm reading this is uh this is from Jim Ozarski when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talking about um, when Chris Middleton went down. So they say as impressive as the 38 and 11 mark is when the big three play together, the Bucks are 14 and 21 when the big three do not play together. Uh, and they talk about, and I'll, you know, we'll see. The Bucks went seven and nine in games. Uh, the three-time All-Star missed this season. That would be Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo played in seven of those games, and the team fared a bit better. So when Drew Holiday and Giannis paired up without Middleton, they were four and three. Well, that makes sense, just because you have to imagine at least some of those times where Chris Middleton didn't play. Yeah, Giannis and Drew Holiday it was probably like a quote-unquote load management game. Totally. So Wesley Matthews, you know, gets obviously the minutes. We saw a couple of those type of games towards the end of the season. We did. Uh, Wesley Matthews gets the minutes a little more when Middleton out, and then rounding out the stars with Lopez and Grayson Allen. All the you know, the bench has been able to pick themselves up so big since Middleton went down that you. I mean, I don't think we're even making the case, Rowdy. Have the Bucks missed a beat without Middleton? No, they're averaging wins by like close to twenty points. Since since Chris Middleton went out, they obviously played what four more games with Chicago. Won all four. Yeah, 
they're sorry. There are th- three, three more games three more. with Chicago, one all three, and then a fourth game against Boston, and they cruise to a victory against Boston. That's four and zero without them, and I believe the average points per was close to twenty. Yeah, our guy True Advisor uh, on Twitch says game four, game five uh, against the Nets was a game for Middleton. I know there's a couple of games for Middleton in there, and I know he did have a good one uh, against the Nets. I remember him coming on late in the third and the fourth and hitting some big three pointers. Um, and by the way, True Advisor, thanks so much again for the gifts. Well, I'm glad we could figure out all the uh, shenanigans. I did talk to Johnny Danger this morning a little more, Rowdy. And I asked him, you know, what was his thought process of stealing our, our gifts that we got yesterday? And here, here's what he said. Well, there was booze in it. And when there's booze by the door, I just assume it's for JJO. That was his reasoning of why he stole our, our gifts yesterday. All right, so, we'll, yeah, we'll do two Twitter polls today then. Can the Bucks win a championship without Chris Middleton? And it's not, are the Bucks better without Chris Middleton? No, no. It's, do you believe the Bucks can win a championship without Chris Middleton? And then the other Twitter poll will go back-to-back Middleton polls. And I got to think of the ver- Maybe you can think of the verbiage for this, Roddy. Are you, a, are, you, are you a Middleton? Your thoughts on Miss? I, I got to th- think about this. What do you think, Roddy? Are you a Middleton guy? Are you a Middleton? We'll, we'll figure it out during the commercial break. But two Chris Middleton polls. I already know what Rowdy's going to vote. And that's the, eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. 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 So we'll talk uh, Milwaukee Bucks game number two against the Boston Celtics. Good up here. I did see grades coming out, though, for all of the Major League Baseball teams. Um, and this just jogged my memory really quick. Uh, quickly. We were in the office yesterday. Uh, who'd the Mets DFA Robinson Cano yesterday, Rowdy? Who cares? Yeah, I, saw, up. I saw a big story of some audio. He was still in the league. Well, the, the, they gave the Mets an he A. He doesn't either. They gave the Mets an A on for this what? grading system here. Like the first, so it's uh, f- first month grades for all 30 Major League Baseball teams, handing out all the grades. And just this coincides with like draft grades as well. I think grades are so hilarious. But they give the Mets an A. And then I thought of the Robinson Cano story about you know, their GM. They had, like, they had like a moment of silence yesterday in New York in the clubhouse for the Mets. He's like, yeah, this guy's been here. Oh, I mean, Cano's been there for how long, Rowdy? Since he was like 18 years old? Well, I mean, he was... Cano? He was, it wasn't, it wasn't he's eight, in his he's, early 20s with the Yankees. Yeah. I was like in New York for like a long time. And then they said oh, how much he meant for the clubhouse, for the Mets, and everyone was like feeling it. And he's like, if, he's like, you got to make a baseball decision, just make a baseball decision. And then they made the baseball decision. Uh, I just thought I was scrolling through. All right, so grades, whatever. Like draft grades are pretty hilarious. Like some people put so much stock in it. Uh, I do like looking at the first month that is of the season. Uh, right here um, off the four-letter network, they're talking about how the Milwaukee Brewers have a B-plus, a first month into the season. I'll uh, take it. We were talking yesterday about, like, the Brewers haven't – we haven't felt like they've been clicking yet, and there's, like, some sour taste left in their mouth. you be such a important guy in the clubhouse when you – this is only your third season there and you didn't play last year? I got to find the videos. Like Robinson Cano hasn't been Robinson Cano, the Robinson Cano that everyone came to know and love with the Yankees that was hitting 300 with like 20 plus bombs a season for Here it is, I found at it. least like five years. Yeah, 2016 looks to be about his uh, Here I found it right here. last good year. Here, this is what I was watching yesterday. This I walked is, through uh, the transactions, um, you know, with Sandy and then ultimately with Steve. And uh, as we were kind of talking through the weekend and then um, yesterday, you know, a little bit before the game time, I, you know, wanted to make sure, you know, everybody was understanding of, you know, what the what the impact was. And um, then, you know, I passed along to him what the recommendations of the 
baseball group, you know, on-field staff, front office staff. Um, and I walked through, you know, in some detail with him. Um, and uh, he said, uh, you know, make the make the baseball decision. All of it was difficult. And his buck's I'm so sure I, you know, Billy, I believe, talked to you all earlier. It's tough. Think about Billy. Billy's known him since he was 18, 19 years old. Oh, that's what I was thinking right there. We, uh, so... It was emotional for all of us. I know Shabby and him were close, too. You think about uh, those type of relationships. But the good news is he'll, you know, fully expect him to get another opportunity. And Will he? Wouldn't at all surprise anybody for him to He's hitting 195. You know, he's been a- yeah. He's hitting 195. He's got one home run of the season. I think he's got three RBIs. That's fit right in. Bring, bring him in? Well, pick him up. Pick him up. Really? See, I don't get how you. I don't get how you're supposed to grade a team and on, on how they've done in the first month. Because once you normally say, "Well, the higher the grade, for the better the record." Yes. If the Brewers got a B plus, they're currently tied for the second best record in Major League Baseball. You want to see who they got the uh, the A's? Or sorry, it's. They're currently the they're currently tied for third best record in Major League Baseball behind the Yankees and the Mets. Well, here's here's the grades. The New York Yankees get an A, the Mets get an A, the Padres get an A, the Dodgers get an A, the Giants get an A minus, the Angels get an A minus, the Blue Jays get an A minus, the Rockies get an A minus, minus, the Marlins get a B plus, the Twins a B plus, and then your Milwaukee Brewers B plus. Then it drops off the B for the Mariners. So I I understand that the NL Central is not a great division. I don't. I don't. Boston Summer. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to confuse it for a good division. But I don't think right now, currently, that the NL East is that great either. Yeah, you got the Mets, but Washington is currently rebuilding. Mm -hmm. Ben Kenny comes here, comes in here every single day and bitches about the Phillies. They're trash. Uh, The Atlanta (laughs) Braves have not played well, but also arguably their best player just got back there in Ronald Acuna Jr. And the Marlins were kind of the up and coming team, but there's just two teams above 500 in that division. Yet the Marlins get a B plus at 12 and 10. Yep. Mm -hmm. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Makes sense if you don't think about it. Love that saying. And like I told you at the beginning of the season, the Marlins were one of the teams I liked their over on. Unfortunately, their win total was like 74 and a half. The Brewers was 90 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a big difference. It is a little bit of a difference right Imagine there. Imagine having the fourth re- best record in baseball and being a B plus uh, where everybody else around you has an A plus. Okay, here's, here's the reasoning. And I quote uh, the first little bullet point, playoff odds. 87% up 6 and up 6.6%. And it goes, "Look, Pirates games count too, but they're 6 and 0 against Pittsburgh and 9 and 8 against everyone else. Then again, they haven't even played the Reds yet, which yeah. they start tonight." Right. And that's what I said yesterday. Yeah. I go, "Everyone talking how they've they've played 6 games with the Cubs, 6 games with the Pirates, and they're currently what? 9 and th- 9 and 3 in those uh 12 games against those two teams." Mhm. The Reds are even worse. The Reds are even worse, and they haven't played them one game yet. Three and nineteen. Your Cincinnati Reds coming up tonight at American Family Field, baby. And now that's why. That's why for me, when you look at that, and with the expansion of Major League Baseball playoffs, if the Brewers don't make the playoffs this season, shut it down. Let's go. It's it's a disaster. It's yeah. 
if, if they don't make the playoffs this season with the division being Cincinnati god awful, Pirates not very good, and the the Cubs probably sell even more pieces by the deadline. Sell the franchise and, and bring in a hockey team. It's you in St. Louis. The next time that they throw Bucks for beers, Craig Council on the the big board, the video board yeah. at the Bucks game, it won't say Brewers legend. Legend. It will, will it say Brewers failure. Brewers manager. So here, like, so it's Pucks you, for Bucks. You, what would it be for the Brewers? Pucks st- sticks. Remember when the Bucks were so bad, and said Pucks for Bucks. Sticks for so sticks. Here's here's pucks another stat sticks. you can throw out there if you want. They're eleven and five versus the Central. Yes, that's pretty good. Uh, everybody else, they are four and three against. So no matter how you look at it. There's winning records here. Yeah, but they get a B plus. Well, I man. think the biggest thing is that the Milwaukee Brewers have not been healthy all season. Yeah, they they've been missing their starting third baseman the entire year. Hey, off the IL, Luis. The the starting pitching was god awful the first ten days of the season. You could argue, and the hitting has been relatively bad outside of a handful of games. Yet they're still fifteen and eight. They're tied for the third best record in baseball. Cincinnati's played the the NL West thirteen times in their own thirteen. And you then you could They're say tough, flip dude. it on its They're head. Tough. You could say that the NL West's records are currently inflated due to playing the Reds. Yeah, that's tough. If you wanted to go down that road, back to the Milwaukee Brewers, really quick here. We were looking at uh, they they gave it a, a breakdown uh, the four letter network of grades for the first month of the season. And Rowdy and I and RJ were talking about like. How can you be what well, they have the third best record in the majors, Melly? Yeah, tied for the third tied best record. Third, yep. And they gave him a B plus in front of them is like uh, I'm not going to name them all, but it's it's a lot of teams. One, two. There's like ten teams above them for just quick counting, and then the Brewers get a B plus. And they say because they played against the Pirates, and they're nine and eight against everyone else, and they haven't played the Reds yet. Well, they played the Reds tonight. Here's their best storyline. This is the best storyline of why they get a B plus. Eric Lauer has added a tick of velocity, but that alone hardly explains why his strikeout rate has suddenly jumped from 23.9% to 36.6%. He mostly scraped his or scrapped his changeup in favor of more sliders and curveballs. If Lauer is suddenly this good, it's scary to imagine what this rotation will do with the mushy baseballs in a division with three weak lineups in the Pirates, Reds, and Cubs. There's their best storyline for the Milwaukee Brewers. Sure. But, like... Once again, can't really do anything about it. I mean, best storyline, Eric Lauer? Well, I, like, a great story line. I like what the Brewers did uh, starting last season, and it's when they went to the six-man rotation versus the five-man rotation. Mm-hmm. So then you're given a guy, you know, instead of the four days off and pitching every five days, now he's getting five days off pitching every six days. And... Now, not for their first couple starts, but as of late, you would say that... Uh, Council and the and the Brewers front office has been letting the Corbin Burns and the Brandon Woodruffs of the world get to ninety plus pitches, hundred plus pitches. I like that approach, especially with the roster that they have constructed, because we talk about the top three guys that were in the top ten of the Cy Young voting last year and Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Mm-hmm. We kind of forget about the Hausers and the Lowers that were really good. And now all of a sudden, halfway through the season last year, had Aaron Ashby come up, got shelled a couple times, but other than those first few starts, he's looked pretty good. 
and he's now kind of filing in there as their as their six man. I like the six man rotation way more than shortening everyone's starts. Yeah. Plus, this Brewer team, you see, like they they DFA'd Urania. I mean, they have a lot of different guys that are are actually serviceable at the big league level. Like you look at Ethan Small, who is just balling in triple a so far this year as a starting pitcher, they could use him as a starter and, or a guy out of the bullpen. They've have uh, remember Alec Bettinger. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't very good, but that's still at least an arm (laughs) that's available to you. If you need it, Dylan files, another guy that's been on the major league, uh, radar for the Milwaukee Brewers, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy the last year and a half. Like those are that's three guys right there that are big league level arms big league. that are currently in triple A. And not to mention the fact that the Brewer team hasn't been healthy. No. Yeah. Luis Arias has not played a game yet at third base. Like that's that's a huge thing. When you have a guy that batted roughly two fifty, hit twenty three plus home runs and had seventy five plus RBIs and he was kind of like the linchpin in the middle of the order. Plus, overall, after that first month, month and a half, where they put him at third base, defensively was playing pretty well. I th- th- I think that's not being talked about enough for this offense with the fact that Jace Peterson and Mike Brousseau. Uh, Brasso. Brasso. Yeah. <laughs> has has not they like okay, Brasso has had a few good games where he put together multi hit games, but other than that, Peterson has not been nearly as good as he was last year. Now it's only been a month. But those guys don't combine to make Luis Arias. No. And yeah. the production the production over 162 games would show you that. Yeah. And and let's let's be real. We've been pretty well, much monitoring always... the the Christian Yelich saga this season. He's had like four good games. Hey, he had back to back home runs Friday and Saturday, Rowdy. Those were is that two of the four? Yeah. <laughs> and his grand slam is that that was three out of the four. And then the other one was the day before. Was that against the Cubs when he hit it in the left field? Like he his two good games have, or his four good games both of them have been back to back games and they've been like two, you know two weeks apart but regardless our guy Lip Bucky goes three more than last year for Yelly mm, Hunter Renfro's <laughs> just starting to get hot Hell yeah. I mean Lorenzo Cain has not played well Tyrone no. Tyrone Taylor has not uh, been able to match what he did last year so far through one month so the outfield outside of Hunter Renfro has kind of been disappointing. Well, here's the, here, I, I'm glad you brought up Lorenzo Cain for the last thing they have for why the Brewers get a B plus. Um, they go playoff odds, best storyline. Just talking about Eric Lowry, talked playoff odds a little bit ago. How they're up six point six percent to eighty seven percent of making the playoffs. And then here's it as the last thing. It's called Mulligan. No, not golf, but Mulligan. Lorenzo Cain has been such a pleasure to watch for going on a decade now. But he's thirty six and hitting one sixty three. So Father Time might be trying to call him. Let's hope not. The defense is still there, but he's going to have to hit to stay in the lineup. And that's why the Brewers now get a B plus. And because of him. We're talking like basically I spelled it out that outside of Hunter Renfro, the the outfield has been pretty disappointing overall. Mm -hmm. You haven't had your starting third baseman. Your backup catcher gets popped for PEDs literally like the day before the season starts. (laughs) Hey, he's trying to have a kid. Um, Allegedly. Second baseman not fighting it. and Colton Wong. He's even been a little bit. He, he's made more errors than normal at second base. Not saying he's been bad, but offensively he hasn't been good. 
And then Willie Adamas has been a little lesser than what you would expect from but he's his, eating up. His he's seven RBIs a couple mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, you take away that one game, he's been below average from what he does in a, a normal season. And then you have Close first up. base, you have the the revolving door of Rowdy Telez and, and Keston Hira, where I think they've both been playing Okay. Rowdy's yeah. been no one, slapping. You can't really look at anyone on this roster and say they're firing on all cylinders, uh, cylinders outside of maybe Hunter Renfro for the last week or two. And I feel like the fact that you're 15 and 8 and you're tied for the third best record in baseball, yeah, you play in a crappy division, but you still got to win the games. You still yeah, got to get to October. You still got to play and win. I, I'd say I'm more or less thankful. got to do it. Yeah. I'm thankful that they're 15 and 8 and they're in first place. Still got to go there and do it. do it. You can do it. Do it. Yeah, Brewers definitely, and I like this, if they don't win the NL Central, or I'm sorry, if they don't get to the playoffs with the expanded playoffs, yeah, then we're shutting it down. Okay. We're going up there. We're packing up American Family Field. We're shipping it to wherever and bringing in an NHL team. <laughs> right, Rowdy? Not that big of a hockey fan. He's not that big of a hockey fan. Yeah, but what if the Brewers don't make expanded playoffs in this NL Central? Then are you going to be more? No, I said the next time that they showed Craig Council on the the big video board at the Bucks game, it'll just say Craig Council, Brewers manager, no longer legend. No, no legend. Legend. He already said he wasn't a legend though. If, yeah, okay, saying, say don't put it on the TV. Okay. Say they don't make it. Let's say they don't make it. Okay. Who's the fall guy this year? What happened? One of the two hitting coaches. Get rid of one of them. Oh, they'll bring in a third, and then he'll be fired. Yeah. Would people hitting coach? Would Tim. people finally start to freak out on Christian Yelich? Yeah. Would people? I, I think people already have, haven't they? Would people get a little bit more? Okay. Su- Yelich's back. Would people get a little bit more upset with Craig Council, David Stearns, Mark Ananasio? Like who? Who would be the fall guy on for them being that bad? Well, it won't be Ananasio. Won't be Stearns. Won't be Yelich. Nope, still gonna pay him. Yeah, still gonna pay him. Can't I think they're gonna. Him. It's gonna be one of the two hitting coaches. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you get at least one year to figure it out, right? Yeah. And then that would be well, their no, first. Like two of them. It's like, well, he was. A, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. It's him. Get rid of him. It's the old guy. Or, the oh, that's year. ageism. It's the young guy. Well, that's ageism too. All right, we'll come right back. So we'll figure out the fall guy. No, we won't, because they're gonna. When the NL Central going to make the playoffs. We don't need a fall guy. Well, I, I don't want to bring some bad news to oh, this, but man. you know how we talked about the, the other day? Don't. How it was. Can <laughs> <laughs> we talk the other day about, A, this is the third best start in this franchise's history. We talked about how 2014 was the second best. Don't do this. Then we talked about. Don't do it. We talked about uh, 1987, which was their best April. Don't do they it. also didn't make the playoffs. Don't oh. do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together as we welcome Zach Heilprin, our sports director, to the stage. Come on down. Hey, Hello. Zach. Hey. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> I got a couple of dollars in your name on it. What's up, brother? Ah, fantastic. I'm doing great. Nothing going on. Uh, just uh, waiting for you to call. I've been waiting all morning. Got up early 
early. Well, I told to you, ready eight, for this. I told you eight twenty. Like I don't. But no, I know, but I got I got. Oh, you couldn't sleep. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, to get ready for it. I understand. I know. I couldn't sleep last night either, man. It wasn't you know because I was still fighting the hangover and sweating all the toxins. It was me just thinking about. I get to talk to my pride and joy. I got butterflies. Zach Halpern. Well, and I'm I'm assuming you kind of still had that. I forget it. Uh, no, it was that uh, was that was in the wash. All right, so Zach, <laughs> unfortunately, Zach. Yeah. All right, I, thank you for retweeting the poll. Uh, I love it because you know, I mean your your reach is huge, and uh, I saw here that you retweeted our Twitter poll. Let me ask you when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. So obviously Chris Middleton going down. The Bucks seemingly haven't missed a beat. Now the competition was obviously the Chicago Bulls, but then Sunday afternoon against the Boston Celtics, it's like they didn't miss him at all. Can the Bucks win a championship without? Chris Middleton, yay or nay? I was kind of surprised by the results of your poll. It feels like uh, it's a little bit of a, what have you done for me lately? And people forget what Chris Middleton did in the playoffs last year. What uh, Without him, they don't obviously win the championship last year. So I don't know. It's, it's difficult to sit here and say that you're going to lose your second best player, despite how well they played. They lose your second best offensive player and go out and win a, a championship, um, especially with some of the talent in the West, whether it's, Golden State or whether it's uh, Phoenix, it feels like you need Chris Middleton to win this thing. Uh, I know Giannis has played well without Middleton. I think career-wise, though, he's only 44 and 37 without Middleton uh, in the lineup. So I I don't think they can without Chris Middleton. Can they get to a finals without Chris Middleton? Are we – I mean, how badly did Boston play? And obviously Milwaukee deserves plenty of credit for that. Um, But, I mean, are they going to – only fifty three pointers, eighteen of fifty from beyond the arc. Are they only going to make ten two pointers in tomorrow in uh, tonight's game? Like that? I mean, that's like the fewest they've had in like twenty five years. Uh, it this just it, it seems un, it seems unrealistic for them to play offensively like that again. Now, I do think the Bucks' defense was significantly underrated coming into this series. Everyone was talking about how Boston's defense is the the elite thing in the NBA, and they certainly were. But I think Milwaukee's defense has certainly played especially since game two against the Bulls has played at a pretty darn high level. Um, I mean, the 89 points Boston had the other day was the fewest they've had in the playoffs and the fewest they've had since a game in a game since late December. So um, it's, that's a really good offensive team for Boston. I I don't imagine them, you know, only scoring 89 points again. And um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. More will be revealed tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, Zach, the revealing process played itself out when it comes to the NFL's draft. You uh, stationed up in Green Bay. What were you there, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Zach? Yes, very exciting times up in Green Bay. Uh, How for... was Titletown, dude? I mean, did you just soak mm. it all in? Well, uh, Thursday night, there was actually a concert up there, Morgan Wallen, which uh, had a lot of people out there. It was bumping all around. It was uh, People were going crazy. A little um, country? You a little country? Yeah, a lot. A lot of country. Lot I'm a little of, bit rock and roll. Zach Halpern, a little bit country. A lot, a lot of boots. A lot of short skirts. Scoot and boogie. Not, not, not complaining about either. So, um, yeah, no, it was it. It was it, I think that they were obviously geared up for a huge draft on Thursday. But yeah, I mean, Green Bay, when there's not Packer stuff going on, at least in my opinion, not a, it, sleepy, eh, sleepy, eh, sleepy, eh, sleepy town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, real quick before we get into the draft, did you see, uh, what is it, uh, is it Bayern Munich taking on Manchester City for a first-ever one-of-the-kind soccer little footy at Lambeau Field coming up? You're going to go to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will not be. But, um, you know. You hear about that, Rowdy? Yeah, and I'm still questioning why they have to disrespect those hallowed grounds like that. (laughs) 
Well, I was going to say, I, I figured Rowdy's probably pretty excited. Here's what Rowdy that. said. What the hell's going on around here? Like Vince Lombardi. Yeah. I find it hilarious that they wouldn't let Brett Favre uh, hold his charity the play football, football game, game there back in, uh, in 2015 or 2016, whenever that happened, because they didn't want to, they were worried about the field. But they're going <laughs> to play a freaking soccer game up there uh, <laughs> about a week before, two weeks before they're going to be hosting games. So hey, that yeah. worked out for well, me for the Brett Favre like football game. Cause then I actually got to do a show and I got to stand next to Brett Favre and I got to tell him good game. Uh, well, it stammered out of my mouth with butterflies and he looked at me like I was a dumbass. So, <laughs> At least well, I he got threw some interceptions, so it worked out. Yeah. I mean, that definitely was a Brett Favre game. Totally. So, Zach, the draft that was, uh, I'm not going to – NFL draft grades are like the funniest thing ever. Like, <laughs> who cares? But uh, right. Brian Gutekunst on the podium, uh, was he asked about, you know, potentially trading up to get a wide receiver? Did And um, did he talk about those impact guys early on in the first round that he obviously didn't get? He did, but I think it's, it's funny. He – his words said one thing, or his mouth said one thing, and his actions said another. Like he, he said that we don't need to get a guy, right? We don't, we don't need to have a guy uh, that just because he's a, got a WR next to his name, we don't need to reach for anybody. And yet, you know, they they talked about moving up to get one of those guys, but the run hur- happened early. And then we found out, obviously, on Friday, they trade up to get Christian Watson. They give up a bunch. They were trying to trade up in the uh, on Thursday night to get him. They were trying to get back into the first round to get him. So they clearly knew that they needed to get a guy, and I think that they truly, really wanted Christian Watson. Like they, I, I think that they were really, really intrigued by him. And the fact that's obvious what we saw on Friday with them trading up, giving away two draft picks to go up and get, go up and get him, and trade away those draft picks to Vikings uh, of all teams. Um, you know, Christian Watson was obviously, I think one of their, I think they had him rated pretty highly. Um, I'll say that. Yes. I think they had to have to, to go out and which. I mean, Aaron Rodgers said that they only had, you know, first round grades on six guys. I think maybe he was kind of playing a little coy there, um, like saying this, you know, they, this is the only guys that they were really interested in. But obviously, Christian Watson was pretty high up there, too. Yeah, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Yeah, ready? Is it all right for Aaron Rodgers to play these type of games in the media now that he's technically in the front office? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know what other games he was playing, but um, yeah, that that's definitely that's definitely up there. But I I didn't think you didn't see him walking around, it. right? He was off like he was like in California or something, right? He, he wasn't like right. wandering around no, the Morgan Morgan Whalen concert, was he? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't. I kind of feel like that may not be his scene anymore. But um, or I don't know, maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like I I, it's country, right? Like. He's got the hair for it, right? He's got he's certainly got the the hair. I couldn't tell you a single song. There. I couldn't tell you a song of his, but I I, I think he, he's like rock country. I have no idea. But anyway, yeah. yeah either country. way, but like, well, apparently uh, Aaron Rodgers texting significant. Uh, I should say quite quite a few texts with Matt Lafleur, who was sitting right next to Brian Gutekunst, and uh, so I think Aaron was involved in. Uh, the conversations. I don't think he had any role in, in the guys that they picked, but I certainly think he probably signed off on. So with the draft, uh, we'll be we'll be just fine with with Christian Watson. Yeah, with the draft class that is, I mean, they got three wide receivers, and they got those big dogs from Georgia on defense, and you got some big boy, you got a lineman, a couple of offensive linemen. You know, with the draft that was, obviously, we don't know. They haven't stepped on a field yet. Yada yada yada. Do the Packers did they get better through the draft that just happened, or are they still kind of just kind of like the same team? I don't know how they could have got better. I, I don't know how they couldn't have gotten better. I mean, you're adding a bunch of you're adding eleven guys. You're adding 
some guys that played on one of the best defenses or the best defense that's ever been in college in college football in the first round. You go get a guy that potentially could be a game breaker at wide receiver in Christian Watson, assuming like he's able to make that transition. And I think there's confidence that he can based on what he did, did at the senior bowl. You added three offensive linemen. You're right. And I don't know how many of those guys are going to be in competition for starting jobs, but probably one or two of them are. I know Rowdy's got a higher opinion of them than I do, but like, I think that they're, they're going to have an opportunity for playing time. And then, you know, the other wide receivers, we'll see. Like, I think that there's, they added the spots that they, they needed to add to. I think the only spot people were probably questioning was, was tight end. Like, why didn't they add one in the draft? Why didn't they add one in uh, the undrafted free agents? And I think it's, I think it probably says about some, says something about what they think they have in that room already. But I do think they're better. I think their defense has a chance to be the best it's been since, and you can make the argument since 2010, the way that they were playing. I think this defense probably is more talented than that defense, but they certainly play well towards the end of it they are going to be a different looking team. I think we're getting to the point where this defense is, is better than the offense. And um, I don't know if that'll hold up throughout the entire year, but I think they certainly are better than they were last Thursday at this time. Yeah. So Zach, I know uh, there's that Morgan Whalen concert and they got that uh, little footy match coming up here with Bayern Munich in Manchester city. Uh, maybe Mark Murphy was in a play of doing something here because they did draft or they did draft Romeo dubs and they got Keyshawn Nixon. So Keyshawn Nixon is Snoop Dogg's actual little nephew and Romeo dubs is uh, played in Snoop Dogg's youth football league. Uh, any, have you heard any mutterings or rumors ear to the street that a Snoop Dogg concert is going to be announced at Lambeau field soon? I feel like that's next summer, right? Like they're, they're doing one, they're doing one big event each summer, so like you gotta the put the green itself. in Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. Oh, excuse well, me, a little maybe, cough there. Sorry. And perhaps it'll be legal by then, um, well, by next summer. Probably well, not I though, would, because uh, would, as a betting man with the Razor's Edge coming up, I would say that's not going to happen. But Zach, let me ask you this: <laughs> uh, a, a betting no, man. No, oh, sorry. No smoking. No smoking weed. No uh, legalized gambling. That's that's not going to happen with the current administration. Uh, or, uh, or just any. I mean, they're all just a bunch of dumbasses. Anyway, anyways, that's either here or now. Maybe, maybe a different show. But Zach, uh, a betting man would be Ben Kenny and Rowdy Razor over here. Nelly. They actually had a bet who had, had a longer NFL career. I think Ben is listening in the office. A uh, Bailey Zappi Rowdy took, who was drafted what fourth round Rowdy by the Patriots. Yep. And Ben Kenny took Jack Cohn, former Badgers what? quarterback, and now with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, he was an undrafted free agent to the Colts. Was this? When was that bet? When did that bet happen? Leading up to the draft, probably okay, a so, week or so. Well, ben, before. ben did say yesterday though the bet was never like they never shook on it. So the bet, I guess, is see. And I don't need I don't need to just because I just know I feel good at where I stand. I mean, Bailey Zappi's got no arm whatsoever, but he's he's kind of a gamer. Would you call him a gamer? Um, here's the thing: I think probably when Ben made that bet, he thought that Jack Cohen was going to get drafted. I, I shouldn't say thought; he said. Well, look Jack at those Cohen old tweets. I saw you retweet a bunch he of those old tweets. Yeah, I mean, he said he was going to be drafted uh, multiple times. He went out there and said he was pretty darn confident about it. I imagine his confidence in Jack Cohn is, is waning a little bit after Jack Cohn goes undrafted Oof, and ends tough. up in Indianapolis. Um, tough, so, tough, tough, tough. yes, yeah, t- tough scene for Ben Kenny. It was, it was not, a, it was not, it was not a good weekend for him. Um, well, except for the Phillies it, draft, he or the Eagles, excuse he, me, Eagles draft. He literally tweeted about Jack Cohn. I went back and looked. He tweeted about Jack Cohn uh, three times a day for like four months. Well, you so, know, you know why he went to Notre Dame, right? I mean, he had, Ben Kenny, Jack Cohn got a restraining order on Ben Kenny because it, it was alarming. <laughs> like he's like, I, I feel unsafe in the city of Madison. I have to transfer out of here. It wasn't because of Grant. Gotta Marks. get out. Gotta get out. He, no, he's now he's messaging in saying that he's 
why are we still trying to gas this bet? Oh, and, I just said it wasn't. It. I just said it wasn't. And then saying that I didn't want to take it, which is correct because I wanted to see where they were because I thought that uh, both would probably get drafted but wanted to see the situation. But my thing is, Zach, do you remember when we did that uh, Burger King campaign man. where I had yeah. that, that commercial, the man am I hungry? Man is I'm still hungry. looking yeah. for lunch from Ben. Oh, yeah, the uh, Danny Willett. And man, am I hungry. Hey, Zach, uh, Badger, though, flavor on the Green Bay Packers. Well, real quick, um, good fit. Ferguson, Barry Elvis, I don't know if you know this or not, Barry Elvis' grandson, going to the Cowboys, a good fit for him, yay, nay? Mike McCarthy, highly successful? Highly successful head coach that hasn't, you know, won much in over a decade. Yeah. Hey, he's got the most, he's got the second most Super Bowls behind Bill Belichick in that decade. <laughs> yes, he does. That's that's accurate. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good fit. I I don't know a ton about uh, Dallas's depth chart at tight end, but it, it, it feels like a good tight. It feels like a good uh, a good fit. Well, let me ask you on the good fit for this. Then, is there any chance that Danny Davis, <laughs> undrafted free agent signed with the Packers, makes the team in any way, shape, or form? Could have a huge summer. Could have a huge training camp. Could have a huge preseason. <laughs> So just be big, big, uh, bigly all around, huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing. He's he's also wearing number twenty. So maybe they could use him at running back a little bit too, right? Like uh, get him involved in a couple different ways. Zach, uh, the number so. tells you everything you need to know. Uh, thank you, Rowdy. I appreciate that. That's a good job pointing that out for me. <laughs> um, yes, I uh, I understand what the number tells me. Uh, yeah, he's number twenty. It's probably it's it's probably an upward uh, an uphill climb, but. You know they have uh, they have some they have some uh, openings wide receiver. Uh, so they obviously drafted three guys. They have some veterans there, but you never know. You never know. A guy could have a huge summer. A guy could be playing with, you know, like an actual court. Um, could be playing I'm with. Sorry? Uh, just, just let me finish. Sorry. Could be playing with you know NFL level quarterbacks. Um, you know, Danny. Are you saying that Graham Mertz is not an NFL level three? quarterback? At this point, he's not, and uh, obviously. When he played with Jack Cohn, he had some great games. So, I mean, I, they're, they're, I, I'm not going to say no to it. I think it's probably an uphill climb, but I'm not going to say no to it. Rudy, did you have something? I'll give him 2%. Well, hey, that's, that's not saying no to it. Then. No, Danny right. Davis, 2% or, shot at making the Packers. Hey. Well, no, so you're, saying, you're not saying no. So, I right, would never tell anybody great. that's actually invited to camp no. Yeah. Uh, Zach, more, <laughs> of a, more of a shot. I'm going to throw Chase Wolf out of the equation. More of a shot for the NFL. Graham Mertz or Deacon Hill? Dude, that's a tough question. Uh, I will. Uh, Pro style quarterback I, on a Santa Barbara, California, 6'4, 225 pounds, Deacon Hill. Yeah, that 225 is not actually. Should be like 265, maybe? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not 225. Uh, but anyway, he uh, <laughs> big arm. He's got an NFL arm. That's that's where my that's where I would say he's got a chance. He's got an NFL arm. Uh, we haven't seen him throw a single pass in college, but he's got an NFL arm. Graham Mertz? <laughs> Graham Mertz, he's got two years. He's got two more years as a starter. God, I feel like he's been here like six. To prove it. Uh, to prove it. That, Deacon, that Deacon Hill height and weight is like everyone's current driver license once since they haven't been there in years. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, we love you, buddy. We love you, man. I'll, I'll see you at the Boober tonight, all right? Can't wait. I right, see you, buddy. There he is, Zach Hopper, sports director. <laughs> 
something we were talking about earlier today, Rowdy, was the grades that they gave out, you know, how you know, hilarious it was. They have the 10th best grade as a B plus, but they have the third best record in the majors. Then you went through a deep dive, and we were talking about, well, the Bucks are good, the Brewers are good, but then you really dove into the, are the Brewers a good? Well, scenario. let me stop you there, because the reason where we, we got onto this topic was because we were talking about how sneakily the Brewers went sneaky, 15 sneaky. and 7 in the month of April, which happened to be their third best April in franchise history. This is a franchise that's been around, if you count the Seattle Pilots, since 1969. <laughs> so it's nice. been 50 plus years. Yeah. And this was their third best April. But then when we started talking about it, I go, well, 2014, they missed the playoffs. Two, er, 1987, they missed the playoffs. Yeah. Even though they had their first and second best Aprils of all time. Then we started talking and like looking at some of the things and, and kind of the thing that struck me was a lot of people when they call in, they always talk about how the Brewers historically have been bad. They have not been a team that has won champ. They've never won a world series. They've not been a team that consistently makes the postseason. They have not been a team that there's a ton of good memories about. Well, they started in 69 as the Pilots, obviously. They didn't make the playoffs first till 81, then 81, 82, obviously. And then you go zero dark 30 from 1983 all the way until 2008 when they finally get back. And then again, two years off, then back in 2011. Now we have the stretch right here of 2018, 19, 20, 21, and probably coming up here in 2020. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sh- you know try and sugarcoat this and say the Brewers have been great. I just think it's a little... It's a little misconceiving to say that the Brewers have been that bad for that long. And the reason why I think it's a a little bit that way is because when you think about it, look at all of the new playoff expansion that baseball has had in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about the wild card. We're talking about multiple wild card teams. Hell in 2020, we were talking about eight teams (laughs) back, back, back long ago. It was literally the best two teams from the two division, whether, you know, the AL and the NL. Yep. So you had to be a top two team. And what I wanted to get at was, are the Brewers really as bad as we think they were, you know, pre 2000 or were they just not as good currently as what we think they are because of all this playoff expansion? What I mean by that is when you look at the Brewers, yeah, when you're an expansion team, don't expect to come in and do well. Look at the Houston Texans. They were god awful for so long. Yeah. Well, and, look at the first year of the Brewers. They had the pirates or the the pilots' old uniforms. They had the stitching on it said pilots. But like, you get to luck. you get to 1978. They finished with 93 wins. 93 wins. That's more than what they were projected to win on their over under this season. Yeah. But we think they're going to be a good team because they're going to win the Central or they should win the Central. They should be a contender going into the playoffs. They won 93 games that year, finished third in their division, did not make the postseason. 93 wins in your third. 1979, they won 95 games, finished second in their division, did, did not, not make, make the, the postseason. 95. That is how many games they won last season <laughs> when we thought that they could contend and be the best team in franchise history. Uh-huh. That's tied for the second best record ever. They did not make the postseason that year. Wild. Now, for me, when you look at what they've currently done, like with the expanded uh, playoffs with Major League Baseball, they're like, okay, we're going to the wild card. We have four teams. Well, first, 
we're going to go from uh, just like your your top team or two. Yeah, top the, teams, then the, what, the 12? Yeah, it used to be the top team in the division. Then it was what, the top, uh, then they moved to three divisions. Then they added a wild card. Yeah. So it's like basically your top four teams. And then they added a fifth one. Now there's a sixth one. Mm-hmm. They had an eight team. So it's like they're obviously letting a quite a bit to make in today's day and age to have a shot at making the postseason. Normally you got to win at least 86, 87 games to have a shot at that last wild card. Sure. In 1980, they won 86 games, finished third in their division, <laughs> didn't make the postseason. Now, 81 was the first year they technically made the postseason. It was a shortened year. They won 62 games. But they were 62 and 47. Yeah. 1982, that was their World Series year where they lost to the Cardinals, won 95, 95 games. Once again, tied for the second best record in franchise history. 83. 87. 87 wins. They did not make the postseason. 1987, the year they had actually their best April ever. They won 91 games, finished third in their division, did not make the postseason. Didn't make it. 1988. Won 87 games, 87 and 75, finished third in their division, did not make the postseason. You'd be a wild card now. Most likely, you probably would have a shot at a wild card mm-hmm. these days. And then you had to go to 2008 until the next time they made the postseason. Obviously, we know that's the CC Sabathia run. That's the Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder. We should 1990 when they won. What, oh, no, excuse me. Never mind. 91, 83 games. Oh, you wouldn't be in the mix then. But sorry, what are you saying? But yeah, like 2008, you won 90 games, made it, finally made it back for the first time since forever, 1982. And you won 90 games. And then all of a sudden in 2011, you had the best season in franchise history. You won 96 games. You lost... Uh, in the NLCS, once again, to David Freese and the Cardinals. Mm. Now, the the biggest thing is like you get later here and you start looking. Remember 2017 when some people were saying it was arguably the worst team in Milwaukee Brewers history, and that's after watching some of those seasons in the in the 90s? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. They ended up winning 86 games, and they missed the postseason by one game. Yep. Missed the wild card by one game, and then it's the current run you've been on. 96 wins. You lose in the NLCS. You lose in the NLCS. You won your division. Remember, it, it goes to 163, yep. Chicago. 89 games, you made it in as a wild card team. Below 500 at 29 and 31 got in as the eighth seed back in 2020. And that's because they expanded it because of COVID. Yep. And then last year, again, tied for your second best record in franchise history. 95 wins you lose in the NLDS. Now this, this year already 15 and eight, but there was a lot of seasons in there. Had they expanded it like they had from 2008 on where we talk about, they've now made the postseason six times since mm-hmm. 2008. And it's like the big to do because before 2008, it was only twice. Yeah. There was a lot of years in there where if it was expanded, the brewers are playing in the playoffs and we're not talking about, Oh, they had this long oh, streak so where they bad, didn't play. So well, they also happen to play in the AL East in the seventies, eighties and into the nineties. And that was with the Yankees. Yep. That's with the Red, Red Sox. Sox. That's with the Toronto Blue Jays that had their runs in there. Mm-hmm. They, they like they were playing up against good teams that were consistently good in those eras and just happened to be like second best, third best when they weren't taking as many teams. I don't I mean, now, again, I wasn't alive for the majority of those seasons that we just talked about. 
But it's like you look at it on paper, clearly not as bad as what people remember. Well, that's the question you would ask off air, right? And what was the question you are thinking on Loud Rowdy? It was like, are the Brewers really as good as we think they are currently? Or were they a lot better back then than what we actually thought they like, were? Like, were they actually bad back then? Yeah, or were, were they, they actually that bad? And are they as good as they are now as we think they are? Or is it just because a victim, or a certain, not a victim, but a circumstance of expanded playoffs? Correct. And now you have, like, the opportunity for, like, Mark Ananasio and the, the Brewers' ownership to say, well, puff our chest out and say, well, look it, we made it to the postseason four straight years. Never been done before. See, we care. We're spending money, even though... Well, 2020, you were 29 and 31. Exactly. And I told you that in 2020 when they made I think this, you said you'd rather I said the Brewers I, just sit out. I was like, I don't even want to watch them play the Dodgers. They're going to get bent over. And what did they do? They got absolutely smoked in two games. <laughs> was not competitive. It was not fun to watch. That entire year was just misery. And you're like, I don't even want to watch this team play. It was nothing but like. Well, you knew it was going to happen. You get up there and they just strike out a bunch. And then the pitching would be good to a degree. And then the sticks would do nothing. Right? Well, that was 20 yeah, they, but then just like going back, you go back and count. Eight, uh, 78, 79, probably two seasons they probably should have made it. 83, mm-hmm. uh, that's three years. Um, 87. 87, that's four years. I mean, you 88, 88. That's five years. 1992, you got 92 wins. That's six years. Uh, let's see here. And then you get a little lean. Then you get a little more lean for a while. But okay, right there. That's six seasons in which if there was expanded playoffs, you're clearly in the field. Yeah. They only have six seasons since two thousand and eight where they've made the postseason. That that's nearly doubling the number of times that you made the postseason. Yeah. And we're looking probably at the franchise a little differently. Yeah. You don't look at it as like, oh, they were so bad for so long. That's an interesting thing to look at, Ex- you know, expanded playoffs. And it's a, it's a way for the owners and probably to an extent to the league to say, oh, see, you're competitive every year. See, you, you're, you're good. Even though a lot of the teams that were seen as bad in the past really weren't that bad. Yeah. That's a, that's a good deep dive on the Brewers are in the record route. That's some good stuff. You know? Uh, obviously, you can't really go back and change it because there's no yeah, and, playoffs. Yeah, and that's, but. That, that, was, that was the thing. The Brewers were, were good in today's day and age to make the postseason, but back then, they didn't let 100 teams in. Yeah. It was clearly, <laughs> it was clearly the better teams the, the better that made teams, it. Yeah. It was either the top two or the top four. Like You could be a good team, you were making it. You had to be the better team if you wanted to get in. And now, if you're below 500, guess what? Come on down. Let's like, participate. Yeah, you think about it. With there's 30 teams at one point, and they had like what four teams that made the postseason. Yeah, when you go dive. when you go way way back, like interesting deep dive right there. Can I now, open? now yeah now you now you have like what 12? Yeah. Do you mind if I open the phones? Yeah. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Terry from the north side. Ah, Terry. Uh, what's going on today, brother? Well, you know, now from the go by your theory. I guess if you went by the WIA theory. You make the playoffs every year. Everybody in the whole state would make the playoffs. Every major league baseball team would make the playoffs. Every NFL team would make the playoffs. Um, you know, Rudy's not going by the WIA rules. He's going by the major league baseball rules. I'm just saying is you only can expand so much, you know, and they're doing it for money. But the 82 team is the best team of any of this organization they've ever had. They've played in that for years. But 79 may have been their best team, 
overall, and that had been the Larry Heisel injury, I believe, when he tore his rotator and never came back again. 78 or 79, Bamberger came in there. And Bamberger came in twice after the Brewers collapsed. I think he came back again in 84. The Milwaukee Braves, Nelson, won 100 games, I believe, in 1959. They finished 10 games behind the Dodgers. 100 games. Look it up. Somewhere in there, you know. But the 82 Brewers were probably, on paper, the most talented, organized team that this franchise has ever had. And it only lasted about a year and a half because Baltimore came back and the Brewers collapsed in September of, of 83, you know, with the pitching getting um, injured and a lot of other injuries and stuff. But the 82 team, and it went right down to the last game of the year. I mean, the Brewers had a three-game lead with four to go, and they were tied on the last day of the season, Nelson, against the Baltimore Orioles. And Robin Young hit two home runs that day to pull out a win, so the Brewers went on to take on the California Angels. And that was a series I got arrested in, by the way. Well, see, I'm sorry. What was that? I got arrested in that series. I, after the ground ball to Young, I think it was Rod. Kuhl. What are you cheering for the Angels so loud that you pissed off a bunch of Brewer fan cops or what? No, what happened was it was a ground ball to Young. Young picked the ball up, threw the ball out to first, and, and if you go back and look at them highlights, you can see the back of my hair running out on the field. I had second base for almost an hour, almost an hour. I hopped back in the stand, stands. I got arrested by the Milwaukee County cops. They put me in jail for the weekend. Was it the jail? Was it the jail in the stadium? No, they ran me downtown. I find me five hundred bucks. Well, what happened? Five hundred is it? Hell yeah! Well, and back in '82, though, that was a lot of money. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and and what happened was, um, Ebo was this that (laughs) um, (laughs) serious when I say this. I I got in front of a judge Monday morning. He said, "You're just going to take that base, clean it off, and bring it back, weren't you?" I go, "Yeah." I go, "Bang, five hundred (laughs) bucks." Are you kidding you? I've been on the field more times than uh, that gir- girl with the big boobs back in the 70s, for God's sake. Front row Amy? Let me tell you what. She's now. Yeah, Marana? What was her name? Marana? Oh, there's Marana? there's one now named Front Row Amy, but I don't know. Now, back in the – she had a big blonde. She was always going out and kissing guys. In the oh, I've seen the pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but the 82 Brewers God by bless far her. are the greatest – team well, yeah, the world series on on, pa- on paper terry they tied for the second best record in franchise history but they made it the farthest lost in the world series and when you look up at the numbers that are retired in american family field uh the majority are from the 82 team yeah and the only and the only two that should be up there i mean hank aaron was all done when he got there raleigh had one good year but raleigh's known as an oakland a it's robin yount and paul Mather. And Gorman Thomas should also be up there. The three of the greatest brewers ever. Terry, anything else you remember before I let you go, brother? Nope, you have a good one. Go Cubs. See you soon. (laughs) See you, buddy. See you, sir. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? What's up, boys? Hey, buddy. Hey, so I just want to say I love Rowdy's deep dives because he puts a lot of work into it. Oh, yeah. But but as far as the brewers thing goes, you can't measure – yesterday's turd with today's tape measure. No, no, we understand that. You know what I'm saying? I think it, when, when you see Major League Baseball, well, this is Rowdy's deep depth. For me, anyways, seeing Rowdy look at the expansion of the playoffs and you go back and look at the Brewers, they're just a, a victim of circumstance of them not having, you know, how it is now. Yeah, and I would say that for me, feeling confident about the, the Brewers being a good team where it's like, okay, this team I think can actually win a World Series in my lifetime, I would say 2011, 2018 and 2021 are the only three years I ever felt that way.